0: Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is Blood Time. Welcome to Blood Time. This is Coach Cimaroni. This is going to be one of my favorite interviews. Um, last interview, what a amazing man, Frank Romano, the legend, coach at Notre Dame College, Kent State University, uh, Maple Heights, Kenston, Illyria. Uh, Incredible story. An amazing guy because doesn't know social media, he doesn't even have an email, he doesn't even know how to, literally, he can text, sort of. He has gotten the most hints <laughs> on our social media. On my LinkedIn, he's over 2,000 views. It's wow. crazy. Wow. I love you, Frank. You were great. Wonderful stories. You're a detailed guy, but I want to also talk about one thing. He, used to, he referred to a term called the O.W., For those not in the wrestling community, that meant outstanding wrestler in the tournament. So I just wanted a little uh, notation there if you're uh, back listening to the Romano interview. Today, this interview is the penultimate interview uh, of our entire uh, history. And the reason is, the reason I am doing this is because of this man. He is my wrestling father. He's the wrestling godfather to so many. The wrestling grandfather now. As we as we matriculate through life, uh, Coach Dominic Imerino, the history of Beechwood. How are you, Coach?
1: Doing very well, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for coming uh, in. I, I don't know how to take all these accolades. Just already. keep taking it, okay? Because I'm going to give you more. <laughs> getting back to Frank, I'm, yeah, so, yeah. I'm sorry well, to interrupt buddy, right? on this. Hey, buddy, he's one yeah. of my good buddies. Yeah. And we went to dinner one day last week, and you're right. Well, it has
0: to be Italian food. I, oh yeah. <laughs> I
1: couldn't text them. Of course. I had to call him. Right. You know, every, everybody texts, but not Frank. No. I mean, I'm not the ultimate he guy not either. But
0: His girlfriend, you have to send I, it to his girlfriend. I girlfriend's believe it email. All. It's beautiful. <laughs> Frank, I believe it all. But, you know, it's amazing how many people he's affected. Oh, absolutely. Okay? And that's obviously part of the, the, well, that's pretty much the main reason I want you in here today, is how many people you have affected and the ripple effect of blood time. Blood time is about that bond. That connection, and you made that connection with me back in the early '70s. Now think about that. I was talking to my wrestling team the other day, and and, and Coach uh, Goodwin, who's my assistant coach, goes, "Listen to this guy. He's been around the sport for 41 years. What's the matter with you as a coach? And almost 50 years as a wrestler." And I said, "Shut up." <laughs> you know, it's like crazy when you start thinking of those numbers. Right. And I know
1: a few <clears throat> years ago you celebrated 50 years coaching. I did, and actually I'm up to 55.
0: God bless you. Man. That's fantastic.
1: Consecutive years coaching some wrestling team somewhere, and it's amazing. You thirty-one years as the head coach of Beachwood in
0: two separate, uh, two separate reigns, if you will. Right? You got it.
1: You got it. Actually, I
0: thought it was thirty. Maybe you're right. Well, I know you did nineteen the first time. Nineteen. Okay, and then the second time it was—I think it was—that was
1: 11 or twelve. Yeah. Okay, you're right. so all right, thirty you're
0: right. or thirty-one years. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. But how many people you have affected? But getting back to my initial comment about why I'm doing this podcast the the reason for this podcast is that the stories are incredible. I'm going to even use the term magnificent about what has been what has been done in the real world with the lessons learned either on the wrestling mat, football field. I'm going to have a uh we're, we're lucky enough our next interview after you is Bob France. Bob France is a, obviously a radio host. Um oh, you know, yes. amazing yes. story. Yes. He's a football player. We're going to do more of these other types mm-hmm. of, a, uh, of athletes. But the bond, the, the transformation of those young men and young women, hopefully we'll get some women on soon, uh, that then transform them into the person that they are today and what they've done with that. You have seen so many guys from the early or well, mid-60s, right? Mid-60s, right. To now, uh, the transform the, the transformation of our society. So you're really literally a walking compendium of what we are today and where we've come from. So where did you come from? Tell me where you came from.
1: Well, I myself came from Cleveland, Collowood area. Oh, a story. Program. Grew up in Collowood. Five and, points, right? Uh, five points, which, yeah. by the way, as you may have seen in the news, uh, the school may close. Yeah. Very uh, hard to take being from that area yeah. and, and going to the school. Well, I was... Uh, in at Collwood High School and I believe it or not, I played basketball.
0: You were a pretty good basketball yeah, player. Five foot four, whatever. But you were uh, vertically basketball. vertically challenged. oh uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I could and shoot so, many of
1: <laughs> so anyway, I yeah. played I played basketball right up to junior year. Okay. And my senior year starting, uh the guidance counselor, I still right. remember his name, Harry Kester. Okay. He uh he was the coach previously at John Hay and Cleveland West, which okay. at those times were big-time high school wrestlers. Well, sure, the Senate, the Senate League, the right. Senate. Yeah. He said to me once, "Why don't you go out for wrestling?" Uh-huh. I said, "Well, I play basketball." Right. right. He said, "Listen, let's be honest. You're going to catch some splinters. Right. <laughs> and why don't you go out for for wrestling?" Right. He said, "You seem like a pretty tough kid." Sure. Well, yeah. I did. Yeah. I took him. And that was really it. the
0: only reference you had to have. Back that back in the day, right. was, You were a tough kid, and you know there's right. a lot of tough kids out there that yeah. you know you, you pulled off. And just so one up.
1: year high school wrestling right. wasn't right. enough. I did actually pretty well for one year, okay. And uh, lost, you know. Like you, we all have stories, right? right. right. So I, my first three matches I won easily, and I thought this is easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is easy, but it wasn't. No. No. And I remember though my fourth high school match I wrestled the. State champion from John Marshall. Sure. His name was Russ DeSanto. Okay. And he beat me 6'5". Wow. Oh. And I almost had him pinned the old story. Every wrestler sure. talks like that, but yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, he beat me, and I ran into him 10 years later Okay. at some wedding. He said, "You pinned me, <laughs> so you still You remember yeah, all uh, these things, uh, oh my the stories that you the absolutely say, the stories. stories. stories uh, right. I actually almost made state. Okay, what lost my point to make it was back then. It was an invitational, though, wasn't it? No, no, no. Because it, it was an. It 50s. was earlier. Yeah, it was. But 50s, my yeah. year, uh, you had to qualify, and I got to the final match, lost to a kid from. I still so remember you, names so, and scores. So you lost the blood round." I did four yes. to three. Wow! Yeah, that kid took third. He was from Cleveland Heights. Gotcha. Eugene Rosewater. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. My, yeah. my uh, uncle Lenny knew him. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure that. he did. Mm-hmm. So, so then that motivates you to go to Kent State. Yes. Right? You yes. then become the captain of the team there. Well, I did. Right. Okay. Co-captain. Okay.
1: And I did pretty well. Uh, again, another story. My senior year, I was one of the co-captains and. I thought I could be an All-American, okay. but I uh, fractured a vertebrae in my neck. Oh, man. Mid-season, yeah. doctor said, uh, you look at this x-ray. You go a little further, bye, you bye. be paralyzed. Oh, wow. said, You're done. Yeah. So yeah. I was 21, 22 years old, yeah. and I was done. Yeah. And it motivated you to do it, what? It did. Yeah, it motivated it, you to go into coaching, right? It, it did, but again, not immediately. Okay. I graduated from Kent with a business degree, but I was not in education. Gotcha. And I got married uh, three months or so after I graduated, mm-hmm. and uh, which is very typical for that generation, your generation, uh, right? Twenty-two years old. Sure. Yeah. My was uh, First baby came within a year. Right. Typical right. again. Yep. And I thought I wanted to teach and coach. Okay. So uh, I was working at a support. I went to John Carroll Night School. All right. It, I could only take one class at a time because I was working. Sure. Second year, another baby came. Oh, boy. So I, <laughs> I had to work to make money. No. <laughs> they didn't have family planning <laughs> no, back then, right? No, no. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it took me about yeah. two and a half, three years to get those courses to, sure. to teach. Sure, Yeah. But little by little, right? Uh, it, Trust the process. You want to go six. on with, the, with my story on this one? Sure. So yeah. I'm at... So I uh, had a job at Reliance Electric. Okay, a young sure. yeah. Young guy out of school working in the, in the uh, office, in the, in the factory, a little office in a factory. Right. I used to assign jobs to those older guys. Older means 45, 50, right. which today are kids. Yep. And I used to give them their jobs, and they used to get on me, you know, they, they worked incentive. Okay. So okay. they would say, I don't want that job, kid. Right, And, of course, I learned to fight back with sure. these guys, these hard-nosed factory guys. Sure. It, it was fantastic to have that experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I learned to fight back with them. No, this is what you're getting, man. Yeah. Don't tell me you can't. You had to be directional. It, it helped. Absolutely. It yeah.
0: helped me. It's kind of like when you had to kind of get in Mike Milkovich's face when he called you a ham and Oh, well, we won't get to that one now, no. <laughs> That's
1: one of the greatest stories oh, of all I time. Don't. Who were you with when he called you a ham and ager? Okay, yeah, very enough on that <laughs> one. Now. Uh, I was with Arnie Saferstein. Oh yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> now,
1: Arnie was one of my first assistant coaches at yeah, Beachwood. Well, he was he was a maniac. In the lesser. '60s, yeah. late '60s, yeah. and we went to watch a match at Cleveland Heights okay. with Cleveland Heights and Maple. Right back in the we, Maple was number one. Red Cleveland right. Heights was very good. Is that when uh, Matavina was the coach? Mattavina was the coach. Sure, yeah. And they had some person who was supposed to do the time didn't show up right. and they asked us to do the clock right right. so mm-hmm. i okay i'll help out they yeah. showed me how to do it right, right in the oh, middle God. of a match where maple kid had the cleveland ice kid on his back the buzzer oh, went off oh my God. i had nothing to do with it oh my God. i swear till today <laughs> i didn't do it <laughs> right. all of a sudden the buzzer went off of course the referee had to stop the match yeah. And the time was not really out. Gotcha. It took the maple kid sure. away from the pit. <laughs> that's right. So oh, he had Coach Milkovich comes over to the table and he said, No wonder you got these Haminators <laughs> keeping score for you. <laughs>
0: that is fantastic. So that's what he called yeah, me. That's right. Big Mike getting in your face. Yeah. I love it. So all this gets together, right? And then now you you're thinking to yourself, Maybe I can coach, maybe I can direct young men into a better life, or a better
1: opportunity. Really. And again, I have to to go on with that story. Sure. So, uh, I student taught at Collinwood High School, which was my home, my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And there was an opening. The principal wanted me to get the job.
0: Okay.
1: Teach, and teach a business, which was my major. Right. And coach wrestling. Wow, my dream. My high school. Yeah. I still lived in the neighborhood. Okay. And he called downtown. I was in his office at the time, and he told the, the people at the Board of Education, I got the young guy for the job. All right. And the guy downtown, he didn't even know me. He said, I promised that to somebody else. Wow. I was out. Yeah. yeah. So I go back to Relauncher Electric full time. Okay. Uh, I went into the placement office at John Carroll. Uh-huh. Filled out an application. Okay. Didn't interview, just application. Evidently, b called John Carroll. Which happens all the time. You games. have anybody saying. in yeah. your files yeah. who could coach wrestling, right. teach. Right. Yeah, call this guy. I love it. And it was late July. Okay. Late July before school started, of course. Right. And I did not even look for another job. I just felt, if I didn't get my school, I don't want to do which was stupid. Right. But that's what I did. Yep. Call this guy. Called me, came for an interview. Yep. I, I was I lived seven miles from Beechwood. Never heard of Beechwood sure. at that time. Sure. Yeah, it was a farm. Company. It, it, it was, was a farm
0: village. I mean, when my my parents built the house there. There was that's nothing. You're right. You're right. You're right. As a matter of fact, that's that was take that land that you taught at was our land. I so I it's, remember. It's fascinating.
1: Got it's fascinating. the job, 1965.
0: And it's amazing. You get it in '65, and then Beechwood literally explodes in the next 20 years.
1: Oh, the I mean, school, absolutely the, the city. School and the, the city, city with all did. the you yes. know,
0: with all the infrastructure, all the businesses, all the corporations coming in the, there. The, the, the malls car, came the and so malls. forth, yeah. Amazing. I remember
1: when I first started Beachwood, the only business I can recall yeah. was Jolly John's. Uh, yep. Which is now yours truly. By, by, by the water. By top. the water, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. There absolutely. was no hotel. It was a truck stop. Nothing. Yeah, it, was it was a, a truck, truck stop. From like
0: 3 in the morning to 3 in the there afternoon. There was nothing. And that was it, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. yeah so absolutely.
1: just to look back, I, I've seen it all in Beechwood. Yep. Absolutely. I've seen it all.
0: Yeah. So, so you, get, you get in there, your first year is what year? I think uh, fall 1965. Okay. It, uh,
1: first year teaching, first year coaching. It was a new program. Right. They had uh, a club the year before. Okay. okay, A club. All right. And, you know, I was... Uh, I thought I knew it all. Right. Which, of course, I didn't. But somehow, I was able to relate. Right. I, I think that's just luck of the personalities. Sure. sure. I wasn't trained in any way. Right. It just... Uh, it worked. Right. It right. worked with the Beecho kids. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Beach was... It, was is a uh, a fantastic place. Now, so when I started Beachwood, yep. to be very honest, the school was probably ninety five percent Jewish. Oh,
0: no question. I mean, my my graduating class in two in nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. I think we had two hundred kids in my class, easily 180 one hundred eighty Jewish. Wonderful, yeah, wonderful was, situation. Yeah, wonderful it was, people. It was, a, it was an amazing school.
1: Yeah, an amazing school. Uh-huh. And I remember some people said, "Why, why do you want to go to Beachwood? You know right. those kids; they'll never." Right, but. It was wrong. They were wrong. Completely Beachwood wrong. had some very tough kids because it came from tough families. No
0: question about it. No que- and, and the the kids that we attracted, okay, and I was fortunate enough to be a head coach there too a couple of times. They want that. Yep. And they were a little different though than the, than the average Beachwood student. So yeah, to some degree, the people had that viewpoint were right, but they were wrong with us. They were wrong with the wrestlers that yes. we got, and yeah.
1: those guys were something. They, they came from backgrounds where the families mm-hmm. fought hard in the business world. Yep. Some grandparents or even some parents right. were from from uh, the Holocaust era. No question about it, yeah. Tough people survived many things, right. Right. and these kids were that way too. No question
0: about it, and loyal. Yes. Loyal. Uh, it was
1: a beautiful—it
0: was a beautiful—and I was fortunate enough to be your assistant yeah, yeah, coach sure, Peter. in the late 70s, early 80s, which was a lot and of our, our original we, golden era. We had some
1: top years that We did, we did know, and we, we did. attracted
0: some amazing, yes, amazing kids. So what I want to get—I want to drill down into that. You know, I'm I am your story, okay, because I always wanted to impress you. You had the most charismatic personality of any coach by far— Maybe Max Vermillion, to some degree, had, had the same kind of loyalty, loyal following. But you were different. Uh, and, and wrestling clearly shows that when you go into the wrestling room, which is this gorgeous wrestling room at Beachwood, and you look at the board. And also, too, it also you also translated that into the other coaches that have taken over uh, from, from your reign. The amount of people that we get down to state and place. So we get motivated yeah. kids to not only understand it but trust the process so that they peak at the right time it's an amazing percentage of kids that go down there that, that is true you know that it is really true. is so you had this uh, charisma you attracted me to it i was not a i was not a great wrestler i made myself into an okay wrestler but i definitely made myself into a good coach because yes. of what i what i learned from you tell me a little bit about some of the some of the kids that you coach that are doing some cool things you know, and and actually transformative things in the in, in the real world, and what they mean to you as a man.
1: You know, I I run into many of these guys. Oh, Pete, sure. you're one of them. Thanks. You absolutely are. Uh, I I just run into everybody, and and sure. uh, I I could think uh, Ricky Sorkin. Oh my. he was a state champ, three time uh, finalist, one of the two. Beach of wrestlers who were three was a three-time finalist right. and took second with one leg. Basically. He did. Yeah. He did. He was. He, he big-time graduate of Yale. Right. Wall Street. Uh, one of the top people in Wall Street today. Right. Uh, people own the businesses. It just. It's amazing. I I run into Tommy Weiss all the time. It was done very well in the business world too. Uh-huh. It just over and over. You right. just run. You see all these people. I'm. I go to Dunkin' Donuts at them have my coffee and two, three ex wrestlers walk in or right. or parents. It just it just keeps going. Sure. And sure. Uh, you know the, the, I I just see it. It's just I, I can hardly I'm stumbling to, to be more specific. Okay. You know, okay but well, like Michael we, Michael Goldberg, like we interview the Michael Top Goldberg. lawyers yeah. Scott yeah. Peters. Sure. He's a, a doctor. We he's have his, you know, his wonderful first one right that. here to our left. I know that. <laughs> that's right. When, when Scott was in high school, yeah. Scott, I'm complimenting you. I never thought you <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment.
0: He was, let's just put it this he was mischievous. Yes, he Very was. Very charming and, and mischievous, and he's completely transformed And that's worked himself. for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, he he, he
1: was right one of back. those late bloomers academically. And also Always had it,
0: and also physically too, right? Yeah, think about it, True, right? I it's mean, true. he was an 88-pound freshman, right? Yeah, you know, it's think true. about that. You know, still, still, and he still
1: blames team. me for losing his uh, finals championship. Okay, you want me to get to that? Of course, yeah. <laughs> got to tell
0: the good and the bad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he, he uh, <laughs> Scott's senior year, he was really outstanding, yep. and in the sectional finals. He had to go overtime Okay. with a Chanel wrestler. Yeah. And he came out, you know, at that time you had like a minute break. And I I got in him a bit. Yeah. Yelled at him, You you're not putting your own, right. you know, all that stuff. And it psyched him up and he went out and one.
0: Right, right. right.
1: Okay. Right. So now it's the state finals. Right. He goes overtime. Right. But in the third period. He had to ride the man for two minutes just to tie, which he did. To me, that was such a tremendous feat. So he came out for that talk, and I was so low-key, man. You're doing fantastic. You know, just stick with it. You did it. He lost. Then he blamed me for not yelling at him. (laughs) He'll still, br- He'll still bring that up.
0: You're right. You're wrong if you're right. And you're wrong if you're wrong. Right? <laughs> Why didn't you yell
1: at me it's like right. you did back in the section? It's well, right. okay, I'm sorry. Why didn't you wrestle like the back in the section? <laughs> I love commercial work.
0: Hey, Blood Time listeners. This is Maverick Peters over at MV Podcasting. Just want to give a quick shout out to our dear friends at Defense Soap. They're doing an incredible job staying on top of the world crisis that is COVID-19. Check them out if you get the chance at www.DefenseSoap.com. Thank you. Well, I, I got I to tell you, no matter what you did, he became one of the greatest assistance in the history of assistance for me. Absolutely. I mean, he and I would sit there and we would finish each other's sentences. We were unbelievably on the same page. Yep. And then when I retired the first time, he took it to the next level. The most proud moment in uh, up until 1994 in my life as a coach was when when he won the Coach of the Year.
1: That's right. I could not. That's more right. Proud. I, I remember yep. we were at that meeting together. Yep. And I was like, you oh, you, you I, accepted for him because he was in Minnesota.
0: I did. I did. And I was at just so time. I was just so yeah. proud. And that's what it is, right? The student yeah. becomes a teacher, you know? So and we can pass that on. This is what this whole thing is about.
1: Right? And that year I was Scott's I was one of his assistant Indeed. coaches.
0: Indeed. You came back for that? You came year, back for that two. year. Well, yeah became the head coach again yeah. exactly right. so it's interesting right how, it, it how really fascinating, is. How fascinating mean, that kind of stuff is and I, i'm
1: amazed at myself that i remember these little things little points but sure. but i do
0: well that's what <laughs> that's the
1: glue of life that that really is yeah. you know and so when when we think
0: about all of that you know and we think about again the the echo okay or the ripple of your kernel, your core, your seed planted in 1971, this fat little kid comes into practice room, doesn't know, wrestling from whatever. I thought it was, you know, basically big time wrestling like an idiot. Uh, And then you, you literally, whether you wanted to or not, you molded me into the, and then I went out and coached and then Scott went out and coached and Goldberg goes out and do this and and Krause goes out and, and does that. And, you know, who knows who we're affecting and it's interesting because, you know, we got guys that maybe were really on the wrong path and now are not only on the right path, maybe but so. are on the exponential path that are just affecting people over and over again. And so... You know, excuse
1: me. Sure. You, please. You mentioned Krauss, Ellen Krauss. Alan Cross. I just interviewed him. I, he's going to be our next... He's going to be great. our next interview. I, I, I have to tell this about affecting people. Sure. Uh... Al wrestled. He did very well. He did not make state, but he was a darn darn good kid. That was a really difficult thing to do to make state. So he went away to college in Florida. Right. Antioch. Okay. And he was taking flying lessons. Right. right. And the story is told is uh, he was up in a small Piper Cub, I guess you call him. Right. Uh, It went down. Yep. He was with four people. Right. Three in himself, and those three guys died. Yeah, yeah. and L survived. Yep, and he uh, he, he became partially, partially paralyzed. At that time, they thought it would be more paralyzed. Well, they told me he could never walk. Okay, so yeah. here's part of this now. I ran into him six months after the accident yep. in Corky Lenny's. Okay, he was in a wheelchair. His family was pushing him. When, when I tell the story, I, I really choke up. I understand it.
0: I understand it. He's a hero. Mike.
1: And he said, you know, oh, hi, coach, all that. Yeah. He said, I'm going to walk into your wrestling practice. Love that. Love that. About a year later, yep. he he came in with his this hand walkers. Yep. And he walked into wrestling practice. Amazing guy. Amazing. I mean, I really think of that. I, I do choke up. Sure. T- telling that story.
0: Yep, yep,
1: and that's what this is all about. I mean, he felt he had to do that.
0: Yeah, and he did. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I had to have him in here. You know, and successful
1: lawyer today. Successful
0: lawyer, but you know, in the interview, he says this does not define me. What defines me is being a father, being a husband, being an attorney, being an advocate for others. He had almost a <laughs> Zen attitude about I got this. You know what I mean, and he's still walking with the with the crust, yes. but He's walking, and his upper body is amazing mm-hmm. as it always was. But he always had those big, thick legs. Remember that? Yes, he had some great single leg takedowns. He he
1: said. Uh, wrestling helped him survive. Yes. yes, when he was in that airplane for a couple hours before rescue. Right, he right. said the discipline he learned from wrestling, mentally, it really helped him. To yes, survive.
0: Yes, and and coach, so I, I
1: hear those stories and know those stories, and, and it's worth
0: it. And it, it is. And
1: you're a strong man by, by, that
0: leadership, and and it, it kind of leads me into a, a thing that, that's, clearly has defined you over the last seven years, and uh, we talked about this off you know off air, and I'm going to bring this up, your beautiful, uh, grandson, Daniel. Right. Uh, was. Literally executed in 2012, right by a very ill man, young man,
1: right in the Chardon High School. Cafeteria. Chardon High School,
0: and uh, um, you know, I I want to honor him, I want to honor his parents, and I want to honor you. But I know that transformed you. How did that transform you, and how did you deal with that as the leader of your family, the patriarch of your family, and what does that mean to you today?
1: Wow well, well, obviously that was the worst day of my life. Of course. And uh, if I could go back, uh, it was on a Monday morning. Right. And it was in 11th grade, Chardon Daniel High Parmitar. School. Daniel Parmitar. Danny Parmiter, my okay. daughter's yeah. son. And I had the flu okay. that day. Okay. I hardly ever missed school. Right. I stayed home. Okay. Because I really had the flu. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it was clearing up. I was better than I was on that previous weekend, but <laughs> I, I was out. And I recall I went uh, by myself to get a coffee at McDonald's okay. after about 8, 8, 8.30 in the morning, and uh, my wife called me. Now my wife is not Danny's grandma, right. but she called me because she got the call about the shooting, yeah. and she said, uh, "Come home immediately." I mean, I, I didn't start, I didn't want to ask questions because I knew, obviously, there's something going. Right. I thought one of my 90-year-old aunts passed away, right. never dreamed of, of this. And uh, she told me Danny was shot yeah. in the cafeteria. Yeah. It was on the news, on TV. Now, I hadn't seen TV. I was having right. my coffee at, at McDonald's. Right. So then she had the TV off, actually, so I wouldn't walk in and see it. Yeah. So then we put it back on, and, and uh, uh, then I got the call about an hour later that he had passed away. Right. Had passed away at Metro. Yeah. Uh, to go to their home that afternoon in Chardon, my daughter and her husband, Bob, it was the worst scene of my life. To see the the sadness, the, the people in the home, there had to be 50, 60 people there oh, consoling them. Desperate situation. And uh, it, it was. Almost surreal, right? I, absolutely yeah. almost surreal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I relate a little in time periods, I relate a little bit to wrestling. Of course. Because uh, that was state tournament week. And, right. and, and I'm pleased I'm not putting it in any perspective of anything near the same, but it just for my time period. Right. Yeah. And uh, Danny grew up with Anthony Tudelo. Oh, sure, yeah. For those Lake, who don't Lake know, County. Anthony, yeah. Anthony Tudelo grew up with uh, Danny when they were kids in Willowick. Right, right. And then my family moved to Chardon. Uh, Anthony, that weekend, made state. Yeah wrestling for Lake Catholic and he made state that Monday morning or afternoon by that time he was in the home with his parents who are good friends of my daughter and her husband and he was really shook up of course and he said I I don't even want to go to state Right. right of course you know Came to senses and talked to him a little bit that day. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, you have to go to state. Sure. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it for Danny, your, yeah. your friend. Yeah. And uh, actually, at the funeral, yeah, Danny's funeral, which was on a Saturday morning, at Montreal. Well, well, that, that was the, oh, the, that was the a, visitation. That was the visitation. The, the was. funeral was at, was the amazing, church in Chardonnay. That Chardon. was an amazing scene. Of it, was, really. there. Uh, it was. It was. Anthony was in Columbus for a state tournament. Sure. He left a letter to be read that morning at the funeral. How beautiful. How beautiful. And uh, I, I did read it. That's a kid he wanted. Kid. he he gave it to my son in law Bob. Sure. Bob couldn't do it. Yeah. So he asked me. I wasn't prepared. I never even looked at it. Right. And there were probably a thousand people in church. And I, I did read it. And uh, you know that that's a, it's a memory again that from that day.
0: That's raised, know, that's he, a raised right young
1: man. Yeah, yeah, a, he's an outstanding young man. Well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, so and then a lot of former wrestlers were were c- condolences and showed and came and cried. It's just yeah. part of the family.
0: Yeah. Well, I I was part of that. You at were. Montréal. You were. And I'll never forget right in the foyer there had to be 50 former Beachwood wrestlers. That's true. And you're in the middle, and we're all just, I mean, it was uh, just a absolute, it was like a mosh pit of love. <laughs> that's the only way I could think about it. And I don't know what, you know, as a father, I can't imagine what you said to your, your daughter, how you consoled her, or whatever, and I don't uh, want you to share that no, today. No, just You know, uh, that's, that's, that's your thing. But, but what I will tell you is, is that, you know, they say, And I I don't know if I believe this or not, that you only get what you can handle, but clearly you're a strong man.
1: Well, again, maybe so, but uh, I lost a a grandson. And it's tough, but I can't even imagine how much tougher it is, was, is for my daughter and Bob. I mean, uh, grandparents, of course, it's tough, but it's tougher. And they are doing... Very well dealing with life. Well I want Doing you to, very well. I want you to let them know from me
0: and I'm going to ask for my blood time family to send you as much love as possible. Well,
1: thank you. You know, because
0: this is and something that is the worst that can ever happen to a family. Absolutely. No question about and, it. Bob.
1: And I'm gonna make sure they listen to this Great. so they could hear us talking about their curse and, and, and their
0: and, and yeah. it's Dina and Bob, correct. Dina and Bob. Dina yes. and Bob we send you love. Send love to Coach, um, you know, I I would love to to talk a little bit more about that, but I think you've really nailed it. Thank you. You know, and uh, want you to know that the transformation that has occurred through the entire you know family, nation, whatever you, whatever terminology you want to use, that you created is amazing. It is. It is expansive. It's crazy how big it is. Because a guy like Jason Thomas who I okay? You never coached. No, not I
1: was in the room, but you I was room not room. the head coach. You, you, were coach. you and coached, Scott you coached I think, maybe
0: one year. So but this guy is affecting an entire company down at Fort Bliss. Yeah. You know? Uh, Michael Goldberg told the story about how the room got him ready for his autistic son Noah. It's true, and he, he he used the analogy that wrestling got him ready for it. Climbing Mount Everest every day and never reaching the top. Wow, think about that. Um, you know, so
1: and there's story after story. After I I can't that. uh conceive of all this That's as much crazy. as you're making it sound. I know, I know, I, I, mean, I, I know. I've, I've helped kids. I know, but but uh, I can't. Perceive as many. I understand that, but you know what? It's
0: amazing because sometimes I get like I got an email from Jacob Markovich. Remember Jacob? Yes, Markovich? yes. Jacob little, Markovich was little, one little of the, guy. He was just such a goofball God, yes. I loved the kid. Yeah, yeah. But he was a goof, and he just didn't have his act together. Right. And I would not allow him to get off the hook. That was my first year as head coach, and we had a terrible team. I, I in remember, Bavova, back in fourteen through seventeen, the second second tour of duty. and I I get emails from him every <laughs> holiday thanking
1: me so you affect too well
0: because of you this is what i'm saying i know that you don't want you may not want to hear this but that's that's really what this is all about and so why why i wanted you in here today and i could go on and on and on but i i really wanted to get to the to the core of this to say that you created this and you're still creating it because you're at the middle school and that's, I know that it's a tough. That's a tough. That's a tough uh, thing right yeah, now. Yeah. That's it's a tough thing. You know, it's a slugfest.
1: But you're still is, doing
0: it every day, and that's an amazing thing. You want to share your age?
1: I'm uh, 79 now. God bless you. And I'm still going. I I, I think a lot of. Uh, I I and feel you look better
0: than Frankie Avalon. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. Yeah, when I was a kid, they, <laughs> yeah, that was my era. Yeah, Frankie. Avalon. The girls
1: called me Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. I know. Like I'm not sure if it was for Frankie Valley or, or Frankie, Frankie Avalon. i <laughs> either one. Right? Frankie Valley's got a Some of the young people don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, four seasons. Right. But uh, yeah, I I just I'm 79 as you said, and I'm lucky that I I'm healthy. Yeah. And I hope I'm healthy. Right now I feel healthy. Right. Uh, a lot of that I think is lucky genetics. Yeah. Right. Right. But I take care of myself. Yeah, you do. So it goes both I mean, ways. You're, you're thin. Yeah, and, right. and I kind of yeah. eat what I want, yeah. and uh, yeah. Yeah. you know I'm I'm lucky. And you're active. Mom and dad, uh, lucky. Right. And you have a glass of red
0: wine once in a while. Oh right? yeah, That's but good. only one. I only gotcha. one. People I understand that. That's the discipline. <laughs> well, you know it's interesting too because um, you know people ask me why you're going to continue. Well, yesterday I almost passed out. yelling. <laughs> oh, Yelling in the tournament. So I said, as long as I don't pass out, I'm good. You know. Uh-huh. What I mean? But having said all that, we honor you and we thank you for doing what you've done over the years. We wish you continued health and continued success as you coach and pass these lessons along. So before I wrap up this interview, and again, I would love to talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Particularly, like you know, I, I remember. When I took over the head coaching position at Beechwood in 87, you told me I was an idiot. <laughs> you told yes, me
1: I, I, I remember that. In your backyard on your you came You came to my yard in uh, South Euclid at the time, yeah. and, and you were coaching with me at Brush, right, and right. we were making good strides. Yes, we were. And you said, you're going to go back to Beechwood. With well, Beechwood kid. had one wrestler. That's right. And I said, Pete, you're crazy. Stick yeah. with, with us. Right, right, We're doing well. We're getting pretty good here. Right. And you were right. You build it back up with the help of Scott, basically. Yeah, but your help too. Michael came in. Your help too. Your help too. My help. Well, drivers. you gave me—you
0: gave me advice. You know, after you told me I was crazy, you gave me advice and, when I talked and, to you. Uh, you know.
1: And, and so. I recall one other thing about you and Scott in coaching. What's that? I coached one year at Orange. Right. And my me record against Beechwood is zero and one. We had a duel meet at Beachwood, and yeah. you guys won. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Darn it, I still think of that, day. You know, I
0: beat you and Gibbons as a head coach. Wow. And I was the first guy to beat Gee Richmond Gibbons. Heights. Richmond Heights in a dual meet, but now wasn't Paporis. So I never beat
1: Paporis. Paporis, you know what? Me neither. Yeah. And I uh, compliment him and his family. He's passed away. He's a wonderful man. Coach at Richmond Heights. My teams, we had some darn good teams. Yes, you did. We were eleven and one in dual meets, twelve and one, never beat Richmond Heights. Now after he left, yeah. Yeah. we did. Yeah. Yep, yep. No question but, about and, it. But and that's a compliment to him because he was an outstanding coach, outstanding person. No question about it. Yeah. And somebody this morning, when I was having coffee, yeah, I told him about the podcast. Yes. And my friend said. Are you going to mention you never beat Richmond Heights? <laughs> and I said, probably not, but I, I owe it to yeah. to him yeah. in, in his passing now that uh, me as the head coach, I never beat him.
0: It was an incredible
1: rivalry. And we had they some fantastic, fantastic match. matches. Standing room houses. only. Tommy what? West's father got yeah. thrown out of the gym. With his brothers. <laughs> With his brothers. <laughs> Gene but, and, uh, but we lost. Absolutely. We lost. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting because, um, the rivalries, right. I yeah. don't know if they're there anymore because there's no dual meets right, and, and right, I can, right. that could be a whole nother podcast and I don't want to get into that, but I want to wrap this up, coach. If you could leave us with just a, a, a you know, a thought or two of what you'd like to, to, to to the podcast world that listens to this. I would love. To. Well, number one,
1: thank you for having me. Sure. And, uh, I think it's wonderful that you're bringing the wrestling community into this. Thank you. People have to get to know more about the wrestling community. I agree. And uh, it, it, as you said, it, as we pointed out today, it's such a close-knit, blood-time community. Yes, We're yes. all from the same wrestling blood. Yes, we are. And it's, it's, uh, p- people don't get it. And I, I hope they get some people get it from our your conversation, our conversation, and what you're doing. I appreciate that, thank Coach you.
0: Dominic Imerino. Thank you, Hall of Famer again. in so many places. I'm wearing my
1: ring today. I love it. The Hall of Fame, <laughs> National Hall of Fame,
0: right? No, not national. Oh, Ohio, Ohio wrestling, just Ohio. Ohio wrestling, Hall just of Fame. Ohio. Okay, but also uh, Collingwood Hall of Fame, right? That's I, true. I, yeah. That's so true. there's plenty, of, plenty of Hall of Fames. Well, thank you. But thank you so much for. Uh, Coming in, continue to do what you're doing. Continue good health to you and your entire family. Thank you. Uh, My love to you. Thank you so much for being that coach to me and my wrestling father. We are blood. This is blood time with Coach Cimarron